I could like wear a boa. You could call me Dick Eisen or something like that. I could come up with a persona. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And Dangerous Dick Eisen. What do you, you know? What do you think? I'm shooting my shot. I'm going YOLO right here with Stephanie McMahon. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. You do sound like my 14-year-old daughter, though. YOLO. Today's guests: host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio, co-host of Men in Blazers, Roger Bennett, ESPN college football analyst, Todd McShay. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're here for another week of fun, good times right here in our Los Angeles studio. My name is Rich Eisen, thus the name of the show. Uh, <laughs> we're here on NBC Sports on Peacock. We're here on NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM Channel 211. We're here on this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. We're everywhere. Uh, and it's good to see you, Chris Brockman, over at your post. My man. Mike Del Tufo, welcome back to our show. It's called the Rich Eisen Show. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Good to see you, <laughs> sir. TJ Jefferson, how are you, sir? Over in uh, over in our corner over you, there, our you Callaway start, corner. You started with, we're here for another week, which kind of no, swearing me for a second like we're only here for a shows. week no i said we're here for another okay. week of fun shows i, I just, didn't just say we're here for another week my and heart just, just left dropped it. no we're good we're good we're good we got a lot <laughs> going on here on this show um lots happening in our world uh and literally our sports world um our friends across the pond if you will as we are always mandated to say in um in american sports uh otherwise we get uh, i get my um i get my my card revoked my sports casting card revoked here in the united states uh, they are uh, freaking out. Uh, there's no <laughs> yeah. other way to put it. Just absolutely <laughs> freaking out over something called the Super League that's just been joined uh, by 12 major um, football clubs, as they've known across the pond. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I am presenting sports right now. <laughs> um, and, sport. Uh, sport. Sport. I'm presenting sport, sport right now. Um, and there is lots to discuss on that front. Roger Bennett of Men and Blazers is going to make heads or tails of all of this, and we'll deep dive into that later on. Um, Mike Florio and Todd McShay kicking off our football week as well. Uh, as we are, we're so close to draft week, one week away from draft week, 10 days away from draft night. That's the way we're rolling. Latest mock draft from Todd McShay has three quarterbacks going off the board, one, two, and three. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk to talk about not only that, but also the news that just broke uh, on Instagram 10 minutes ago. Alex Smith is retired. Alex Smith is retired, drafted first overall in 2005. Uh, he retires as the reigning comeback player of the year in the National Football League. And interestingly enough, that is how he goes into retirement, um, with that as his legacy. It is remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable in this uh, league, this remarkable league of men um, and remarkable league of um uh, of players um, who put it all out on the line. Every single snap could be your last. That's the way it goes in the NFL. Obviously, all sport and sports is that way. But in the NFL, the contact sport of all contact sports here in North America, um, that is that is um, a, a way of life. Never know when your last snap can change your life, uh, good or bad. Never know. Yep. Um, always one snap away from playing. Uh, in the NFL, certainly at the quarterback position. You're always one snap away. And Alex Smith is the personification of all of that. Didn't think that's what his legacy would be when he was drafted first overall in 2005, which, um, <laughs> interestingly enough, was the first draft that I uh, I hosted for NFL Network. How we many, were, how how many, many ago was uh, that? Uh, that was 16 ago. This wow. will be my 17th. 
Um, but that was uh, one that we did, and it was the first time that we covered every single pick, albeit it was in our studios in Los Angeles. 06 was the first draft that we covered in person. But uh, there I was on the set of NFL Total uh, Total Access, which was essentially covering the draft pick by pick for the first three rounds in that first day of the draft. And first overall was, in fact, Alex Smith, even though Aaron Rodgers, Cal Bear, and, uh, and Chico, California resident right there in 49ers country, was sitting right there. And it was Alex Smith drafted by the, at the time, Mike Nolan coached San Francisco 49ers. Guy coming out of Utah. Okay, which, if I'm not mistaken, there wasn't a there was it was a Pac-12 at the time, and Utah um, was part of wasn't even part of the Pac-10 at the time. So it's a different time, and Alex Smith was drafted out of Utah, coached by Urban Meyer. That's how long ago it was, and uh, th- there was a big to do about that kid from Utah going to the San Francisco 49ers when somebody who had just beaten USC, who was which is what Aaron Rodgers liked to do with Cal. And uh, and Aaron sat in the in the in the draft room for as long as he did, and that was the story of the draft. How long Aaron Rodgers waited? Not the fact that Alex Smith was a number one overall drafted quarterback. Normally, that is all about that guy, but it was more about Aaron Rodgers waiting. And then Rodgers and Smith attached at the hip, and then Alex Smith. Finally getting into the playoffs with the 49ers as Aaron Rodgers was finally trying to get on the field with Brett Favre standing there in front of him, sitting there in front of him in Green Bay. And the two of them attached at the hip until Rodgers kind of detached and then went to the Super Bowl and won it and started winning MVP awards. While Alex Smith finally gets the coach that was ready to unlock him and get him to the playoffs in Jim Harbaugh and then Smith gets hurt, and in comes Colin Kaepernick. Yes, kids. In comes Colin Kaepernick, and he's the one who takes the 49ers to the Super Bowl. He's the one who does take Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers to the Super Bowl while Alex Smith watches, and that is how his career essentially began to take shape. The first overall pick who watched another quarterback take his team to where a first overall quarterback normally takes his team. Happened again once Kaepernick was the guy in San Francisco and Alex Smith winds up in 2013 in Kansas City. He's the guy that the Chiefs hope can be the first overall drafted quarterback to take the Chiefs to the promised land where they had not been since Super Bowl IV. Instead, he watches Patrick Mahomes get drafted while he does the professional thing, fully knowing that somebody has just been drafted in the top 10, traded up to go get in the draft. We all know that if that happens this time around, in this year's draft, whichever quarterback that is sitting there as a veteran, time's ticking, a.k.a. Jimmy Garoppolo in the 2021 draft. We don't know who number three overall is going to be just yet. We'll talk about it again with Todd McShay and Mike Florio. But we know whoever it's going to be starts the clock on Jimmy Garoppolo right away. And Jimmy Garoppolo is already, we've been mentioning, in the role of Alex Smith this year for the 49ers, knowing that they have a chance to win it all with Garoppolo, with this veteran, but knowing there's a rookie quarterback who's going to be pushing 
And it's your job to not only win, but to coach this kid up in the film room, in the quarterback room, so he can take the reins, not you. He did that. Mahomes, we all know, is now the face of the NFL. And Alex Smith in that Super Bowl that the Eagles and the Patriots played in got traded that very week. Mm Mm-hmm. That very week, he was on our show in Minnesota saying, I don't know what's going to happen. And there were talks going down. And as soon as he left, it was made official. Going to the Washington football team. Although at the time, it was known something else. And then he goes there. And we all know, once again, we all know in his second season there, Fades back to pass. J.J. Watt comes in, takes him down. We've seen quarterback sacked. Alex Smith has been sacked multiple times in his life, hundreds of times in his life. This one was unique because it snapped his leg damn near in half. 19 surgeries later, all this conversation about can he come back? Will he come back? Everybody thought, well, that was a heck of a career. That snap and what followed is essentially what we're going to be talking about Alex Smith forevermore. What he did to come back from that injury, what he did to get back from that injury, what he did once he came back from that injury is what we'll be talking about forevermore. That's how we'll remember Alex Smith is a guy who had the opportunity, then lost the opportunity multiple times, was a professional throughout his entire career, watching others get the opportunity that he upset up too that he also helped set up too. But it wasn't him. And then when football and circumstances seems to bring the curtain down on him, he seized an opportunity, which nobody thought was possible and nobody thought he would actually take, which is to try and come back from a shattered leg. And then he does. That's what we'll be talking about. The opportunity he saw that nobody else saw coming. The opportunity that he took that nobody else thought he should take. And the one that allowed him to try it one more time. And lead his team to the playoffs which is what he did. And I know it wasn't above 500. I get it. But the Washington football team from mid-November all the way through when Smith got the opportunity to start because everybody else in front of him could not stay healthy. He was the healthy quarterback Washington turned to, and he was the one who started putting the football team on the straight and narrow And he was the one who marched into Dallas and won on Thanksgiving Day. He was the one who marched into Pittsburgh and handed an undefeated team, the last undefeated team of the 2020 season, its first loss. He was the one. Taylor Heineke is the one who got the start in the playoffs. And I'm sure there's a story behind that as to why he got it. But Alex Smith is the one who did that, and he's the one who earned a Comeback Player of the Year award in 2020. 
And that's how we'll remember him. Is a guy who never gave up. And a guy who had to sometimes cede the stage to others and was professional throughout. And I say to him, it's been a pleasure watching him, covering him, and on the occasions when we've spoken, knowing him. The video of his retirement was posted on his wife's Instagram page because Alex Smith is not on Doesn't have it. <laughs> this stuff. He is not on it. And it was a beautiful video posted by his wife, who, as ah. we know, was front and center for this comeback yeah, for sure. with his kids in the stands the day he came back. And we all had our hearts in our throats as he came on the field because, again, he was the lone remaining healthy quarterback of all quarterbacks. And then took his first hit from Aaron friggin' Donald and he wouldn't go down. As Donald was on his back, he carried him a couple of yards until the referees mercifully whistled the play finished because... He was carrying Aaron Donald on his back. <laughs> Amazing. And his wife putting together a trophy that he already had earned, which is made of his leg cast. Wow. Sort of a mock Lombardi trophy as his leg cast. Great testament, great love of family, and we could not be more thrilled to see him walk off into retirement as the comeback player of the year. Fascinatingly enough, as Aaron Rodgers just finishes up a two-week stint of co-host of guest hosting Jeopardy, words that I never thought I would say back in 2005 either. <laughs> Can we get Alex Smith in there next? He's around if you want me. <laughs> He's around. So we'll talk about it with Mike Florio. Uh, Todd McShay will join us on this program in hour number three with his latest mock draft. And as you know, Rich Eisen mock draft 1.0 we put up on uh, <laughs> we put up on uh, on social media because I just did it on Friday. Right. Just top five off the top of my head. I'm gonna have to ask Todd. Does 2.0 do I? Ha what if I actually put out one through five as the same? My mock hasn't changed. It's just the name. Well, well, number five you know. was the shrug emoji. Yeah. So you know, I All don't right. know if that's <laughs> if eligible. Why not? <laughs> That's hour three. Uh, Mike Florio coming up in a moment to talk about Alex Smith and everything else in the NFL and the draft. And Raj, Roger Bennett, along with Michael Davies, are the terrific men in Blazers. And uh, do I apologize to Roger on behalf of his adopted country? Because not one, not two, but three owners of North American uh, sports, the owners of the uh, Rams, Buccaneers, and Red Sox are front and center <laughs> on this Super League. Oops, Sorry. and and there is one equivalent in 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 our country where something like this could happen, where the top teams in the sport just basically tell everyone else we're out of here, we're taking the ball, we're going to do it ourselves. Peace. This whole revenue sharing with you vassals, see ya, we're out, deal with it. <laughs> Brought to you by Chase Bank. Oh my gosh. J.P. Morgan, brought to you by J.P. Morgan Chase, everybody. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Super League brought to you by J.P. Morgan Chase. All y'all can go pound sand. Brought to you by the Brinks truck. There it is. Back it up. That's what we can. 
So Raj will talk about all that, and we'll, there is, like I said, there's one possible equivalent to this happening in this country, and we'll talk about that in, uh, in our second hour of this pro. Oh, yeah, and Zion wants to be a Nick, which is great. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess that's I mean, the way, that's the way I'm reading how much say, he loves playing in Madison Square Garden. He actually say that, for the record. He's just a fan in New York. <laughs> Rich Patrick, love New York? Rich Patrick Mahomes just spoke. We got a lot going okay. on today. Uh, and so did Andy Reid, who not only uh, spoke, he spoke for the first time since his son was uh, charged uh, with the uh, horrible accident that he caused, according to authorities in, um, in Kansas City. Um, so Andy Reid has spoken on that, as well as uh, the retirement of, of Alex Smith. Lots to discuss with Mike Florio. We're trying to be on time for him. Let's take a break. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show in just a moment. But before we leave, I was using my epic driver just yesterday, Christopher. I've, got, an, I've got a new grip. I've taken some oh, lessons. Look at you. Normally, that'd be a mistake. Look at you. Messing with your grip at age 51. Yeah, not good. <laughs> it's actually not too bad. Oh. I'm doing well. And now at my new grip. It's kind of like the grip form of the jailbreak speed frame that the Epic Speed Driver has. Put it all together. We're talking bombs, baby, bombs. Oh, I thought this was a picture of you at first. Uh-huh. I was like, wow, nice setup. New Epic Driver for just about every player, and they've got the jailbreak speed frame, which means, in other words, thanks to the way that they've put the AI structure design structure together, more energy stays in the driver face and transfers to the golf ball because the driver head doesn't twist and deform when you hit the ball. So more energy to the golf ball means more ball speed. Epic driver for just about everybody. They got the jailbreak speed frame in all of them. The Epic's Max is most forgiving, so most players will love that. The Epic Speed is the fastest Epic, and the better players, Epic Max LS capitalizes on the tour-preferred combo of low spin plus high stability. I love it. You will, too. Check out the Epic family of drivers today at CallawayGolf.com slash Epic. Back on the Rich Eisen Show on Mike Florio in a moment. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Lots going on in the National Football League, as we all know. Uh, with the draft 10 days away from now, Todd McShay uh, of ESPN will be joining us in hour number three with his latest mock draft. I don't know what point oh that is. Uh, Roger Bennett of Men and Blazers, uh, part of the NBC Sports family, will be here in hour number two to explain to everyone who might need a little bit of coaching up what in the world is going on with major um, football news in the soccer part of our world, which means Europe. Um, the Super League being formed, and there are um, six Premier League teams, six of them that are joining the dozen teams that are forming this Super League. And uh, of the six teams that are going from the Premier League, uh, three are owned by Americans who are our owners in major North American sports here. So um, there's a lot going on. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk joining us right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show 10 Days from the NFL Draft. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? I'm wonderful. How do you think um, this Super League news is uh, hit 345 Park Avenue with uh, the owners of uh, Arsenal and Manchester United coming from uh, membership in the NFL, Arsenal being owned by Stan Kroenke, and uh, Manchester United owned by the reigning defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneer owners, the Glazers, your thoughts? I'll freely admit that my only knowledge of international soccer comes from periodically playing the FIFA game, which is an excellent game. It's a nice break from Madden from time to time when you're oversaturated on Madden. But there's so many leagues, and it's so hard to follow, and I like the idea of all the best teams being collected in one group. Apparently FIFA doesn't like that idea, which Nobody, makes it intriguing. Not a lot of human beings do who are, aren't going to be made very rich about this. I guess my question would be is, you know, this this could, would never happen with the National Football League because you're already hearing, well, this is what would happen if the Patriots and the Packers and the Steelers all decided to get together and uh, and separate. You know, like that would uh, – that's that's the just a couple of cents on that subject. Three key words, broadcast antitrust exemption. If and when the thing under the law that keeps the NFL from getting sued by selling its TV rights as one block, so if you want the Cowboys, you also have to take the insert name of least desirable team at any given moment. I don't want to gratuitously. I'll deliberately piss off a fan base. I don't want to do it gratuitously. But (laughs) if that ever goes away and it becomes like it is with Notre Dame, like it would be with Jerry Jones selling his rights, which he, surely he'd love to do, sell Cowboys rights only, and the other teams sell their rights only. I think the disparity in revenue would be so dramatic that something like that could kind of organically and spontaneously happen. That's years down the road. But with streaming, streaming's not broadcast. And there are some interesting legal questions that are going to pop up over the next 15 or 20 years about the NFL potentially violating antitrust laws and what that would mean and how that would spin out with the haves and the have-nots and the the teams that can generate huge money mm. on TV deals that they would cut themselves as opposed to the teams that would be scrounging for whatever they could find. That would be the catalyst 
for something like this where you could see the NFL split the two leagues, the Super League and a glorified minor league. That, that, that's not impossible. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. I guess let's talk about the here and now then. Um, I, I, I kind of sensed it at the time when it was all, it's definitely Mac Jones. That's the reason why the Niners traded up. It's Mac Jones. There's no question it's Mac Jones. And now there's a, a town uh, where the Raiders play and Mo Green doesn't have a plaque or a signpost that believes it's Justin Fields now who the Niners decided to trade up and get. What are you hearing as we're 10 days away from finding out the answer to this question? I have no idea what causes the betting markets to move. It was Trey Lance is the favorite. Then it was Mac Jones. Then Justin Fields has his pro day, which the media isn't at. And Ohio State selectively sends out clips. Well, they're not going to send out clips of any bad throws if there were any. So I don't know how that reaction results in so much action landing on Fields that it skews the number. I go back to this. I don't think there's any way in hell that Kyle Shanahan packages ultimately three first-round picks and a third-round pick for a player to be determined later. He makes that move knowing who he wants. And at the very most, it's a process of confirmation. It's not a process of elimination. And, look, you keep your options open because you never know what's going to happen. The guy's got to get through to the first night of the draft healthy you always have to budget for the potential gas mask bong video (laughs) dynamic right but but they they didn't make that move without knowing damn well who they wanted and i think they kind of like the the mystery but there's a line there because you don't want to come off as a team that just threw all those assets together and said, well, okay, we know we're buying an expensive car. We'll just figure out which expensive car it's going to be at some point down the line. Right. No, I know, and that's why I find that so hard to believe that that's why, you know, and and plus you also have to walk into Jed York's York's office and say this is what we're going to do. And Jed, you know, definitely has delegated to Lynch and certainly Shanahan in a way that doesn't call in a question of him saying, You've got to run everything by me. But when you totally, you know, reconfigure your future drafts for somebody, I, I, I find it hard to believe that you go in and say, we're still going to just grind tape after this. Yeah. You know? Who you taking? I like your idea. Who you taking? Oh, oh okay. I don't know how to spell his last name. Right. But uh, I don't know it is. Yeah. And, Rich, I've I pointed back to something Mike Shanahan, Kyle's dad, did 15 years ago when – the Broncos paid no attention whatsoever, any way, shape, or form. The Jay Cutler sprang up to number 11 with the Rams to take him, shocked everyone. Timing is the key. And for Kyle Shanahan, the timing was right because we know it's Lawrence 1, we know it's Wilson 2. You jump up to 3 and you own the board. Now, you don't have to turn in the name on the card, and I'm sure the NFL would prefer that they don't, that we have some mystery going into the first night of the draft. And I think that's what a lot of this is. They know who it is, regardless of who it is. And we don't know who it is, but we, we tend to think it's Mac Jones. But, but they know who it is, and I'd be stunned if that changes from the time they made the trade to move up to three until the time they put the name on the card. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, kicks off NBC Sports on Peacock lineup every day and ends it with Pro Football Talk Live and PFTPM right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So let's talk about uh, the one thing that might be more vaulted than the Niners' selection at third overall, and that's the Patriots' draft plans. 
the number of mock drafts that I see, including the one of my third-hour guest and Todd McShay, that has the Patriots moving up in some form, either to Atlanta at 4 or Dallas at 10, or in Todd McShay's case, the Giants at 11 to take a quarterback. I've lost track. What do you think the odds are on that? What If there's anything that you can glean for uh, the plans in the draft of a team that went hog-wild in free agency in a manner we've never seen before? Well, last week when Bill Belichick met with reporters, he, he dropped some hints that a player who may slip past 10 or 11, if he's there at 12 or 13, they could move up to get him. And, of course, everyone's thinking it's potentially a quarterback, and they've got to be thinking about a future quarterback. Here's the thing we have to remember. Number one, they haven't used a first-round pick on a quarterback since Drew Bledsoe in 1993, and that was years before Belichick became the head coach. Second, they love Cam Newton. They love Cam Newton. Cam Newton's there today. Off-season workouts, all these statements, all these memos, all this consternation about who's showing up and who's not showing up. Cam Newton's showing up. Cam Newton's putting in the work. They've just started to scratch the surface with what Cam Newton can be for them. The COVID situation last year derailed what was, if you go back and look at it week by week going early through the season, a promising start for the Patriots. It went off the rails once he missed that game that got moved to a Monday night, and they actually were giving the Chiefs all they could handle until Brian Hoyer had a meltdown right before the start of the, or right before halftime and made a mistake, and it all fell apart after that. Right. Newton from the get-go, from the start of the offseason program, there every day, taking every rep, ready to go, exactly what they want going into his second season with the team. I think they want to see how far Newton can take them, and that would suggest to me, Whoever you take with that 15th pick or if you trade down, you're looking for guys who can come in and help you win now. I think they're trying to find players who help them win now, not players who are going to potentially play at some point in the future. And I could see a quarterback later in the draft, but I'd be stunned if they take one at 15 or if they jump up to get one. So then who's the one that jumps up to get one? Give me the ones that you think might jump up to get one. Well, I think the Broncos could try to get into the top five if they decide that that they want to move on from Drew Locke and there's an opportunity to be had to go up and get a guy. I, I still I don't rule out the Panthers if one falls to them, but, but I think that it's, it's unlikely now that they have Sam Darnold that they would give up draft capital to move up. But the, the, the Broncos are the ones that I watch the most intently as a candidate to make a move into that upper echelon where we know it's going to go quarterback, 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 the first three, and then at four and five, that's going to be the opening for someone else to make that jump. And what about the Bears? You know, what about them? I mean, they're not too far down that if Jones or Fields or, you know, Lance, who's having his second pro day today, um, falls into double digits in the same way that we saw, you know, all these mock drafts of the Patriots. What, are, what about the Bears who, who took their YOLO in Russell Wilson's direction, which I assume is not going to uh re-spark between now and draft night the russell wilson conversation well and you got the bears on washington back to back and they both signed veteran guys so it's not as obvious as it would have been right that they're targeting a quarterback i think in chicago and it becomes a great psychological experiment because you've got a coach and a gm who are generally regarded as being on the hot seat even though they've been to the playoffs two of the last three years go figure so what, what helps you more? Does it help you more to trade future assets, to move up and get a young quarterback 
so they'll keep you around long enough to get that quarterback on the field. So we go Andy Dalton this year and get young quarterback ready for 2022. And, and how much of that thinking creeps into the assessment? It's human nature, I think, to be thinking about securing your job beyond this year. And how much will ownership go for that when they're thinking, well, you know, we want to keep our options open at coach and GM after this year. We don't want to tie our hands with a quarterback that a new regime may not want. So I think there are complications with the Bears that would have to be worked through internally before they would do that. With Washington, hey, they're moving in the right direction. They're laying the foundation to be a pretty damn good team. Mm -hmm. And if they see an opportunity to jump up and get the guy that's going to take a team that is sneakily getting better and better and take it next level, I feel bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Second straight year, second straight year he gets you know, tucked into the corner by a first-round draft pick. But, uh, but I could see I, – I think of the two, Washington would seem more likely because I just think the Bears have to work through a lot of stuff to get to the point where they'd be willing to trade up. A few more minutes left with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, at Pro Football Talk uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, across your digital platforms for sure right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Alex Smith retiring. What a beautiful video that his wife uh, Instagrammed out uh, about 10 minutes before we went on the air uh, is it, um, a, I, I guess, um, an injury versus type of role uh, question for him? Um, was he offered a backup position that he just figured it just wasn't worth it anymore? What, what, what do you know, first blush, about his decision process? Could TV be in the future for him? What are you thinking about? When about you're closing in on $200 million in career earnings, I think what you're being offered, the role you're being offered – and whether and to what extent you think it's going to result in you getting on the field, those are all factors. And I think his name came up not long ago as a possibility for the Texans to go along with Tyrod Taylor. I just I didn't see anyone out there, and I suspect he didn't see anyone out there who was willing to say, here's the keys to the car, here's the money that goes along with it. And I don't know whether people are just afraid of the injury that he had. I know every time I watched him play, I felt like watching my son in high school where on every play – you're worried, is he going to break his leg or is there going to be some serious injury and you're ready to run down to the field just because you care that much. And I started to feel that way about Alex Smith. So I don't know if there was no team out there that really wanted to put him in that position where he would be playing. I think he could be a great coach if he wants to do that, given the way he was so supportive of teammates when he wasn't able to play and how much he's learned and all the different offenses he knows and how he tutored Patrick Mahomes and he helped the guys in Washington even when there was no chance of him playing in 2019. So I, I think he could do a lot. A lot of these guys who have accomplished plenty as quarterbacks have the whole world open to them and they're going to be successful whatever they do. And I think that's the beauty of it for Alex Smith. Money isn't an issue, and it never will be, so he can do whatever he wants to do. So then again, we're 10 days away, Mike Florio, from the draft, and you know, uh, the who is the third overall pick is the biggest question, and then the domino tumble from that to the Falcons is the next biggest question. Uh, man, I, I, I just wonder uh, what Kyle Pitts and his presence in this draft is going to essentially uh, wind up looming. I, I, if I'm the Falcons, he is just way too great a prospect to pass up on to give Matt Ryan the viability of his final years of a window, and then whoever they decide to hand the keys to the Falcons quarterback card to, what a great way to get him going with Calvin Ridley for a long time post Julio Jones. It, it just is too attractive to me. What do you think is going to happen with this gold jacket uh, talent, according to Bucky Brooks? 
Oh, and I agree with you completely in the assessment of Pitts, but for the Falcons, how often are you in a position like this where you could draft the guy who potentially could take the baton from Matt Ryan and be your quarterback for another 15 years? It's been 13 years since Ryan was the third overall pick. And back then, I wrote something about this today, they were torn between Matt Ryan and Glenn Dorsey, who ended up going fifth overall to the Chiefs, an interior defensive lineman who never lived up to that draft status. But it was Arthur Blank. And look, one of the benefits of being a billionaire is you never have to issue direct orders. If the people around you are smart, they're going to pick up the vibe, right? They're going to pick up the vibe quickly. And Ryan's input and his desire to have a new face of the franchise post-Mike Vick, because it was the first draft after Mike Vick and Bobby Petrino, and that franchise was in a complete and total tailspin. He wanted the new quarterback. He wanted Matt Ryan. And Peter King pointed out in Football Morning in America that Blank is fascinated with this crop of quarterbacks and understands they're not going to be in this spot on a regular basis. Now, Peter says Blank won't mandate anything. And again, that's the beauty of being Arthur Blank. You don't have to mandate it. And I think that, that if he wants to try to do a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers thing between Matt Ryan and whoever, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whoever, he'll make it known. And then the question is, do the people who work for him pick up on it and act on it? So I won't be surprised if they end up going quarterback at number four. Yeah, and the only reason why Matt Ryan was available because Parcells took Jake Long, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he, went, he went tackle. And again, that's the whole thing, too, is that I, I, I'm just sitting here thinking, is Kyle Pitts more of a sure thing than Trey Lance or Justin Fields? You got to have that conversation. Oh, hey, and and right. and, and oh, so I agree, right? You know what I mean? Like if you miss on the QB, I mean, you can't go through life wondering what the negative is based on the decision you feel good about. But to me, Kyle Pitts is just so surefire that you plug him in to Julio and Calvin Ridley. Not only is Matt, not only can you win one with Matt Ryan, you can win one with whoever you can make the decision on. That it isn't just random. Like, okay, let me just see if we love if 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 it's Lance or if it's if it's Fields. My gosh, that's that's our guy for sure. But Pitts, I mean, you you hand him to somebody else. I I would regret that. I I, I don't know. I just I don't know. I spoke to him too on the show one week ago today, and I just kind of I was infatuated. I had the Jerry Jones situation. <laughs> you know. Here's the key: if you hit on Pitts. It's like winning the $100,000 Powerball prize. It's a huge benefit, and it's going to go a long way. You hit on the quarterback, it's like winning the whole jackpot. And that's why I think we're looking at quarterback, 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 and maybe for the first time ever, four for four quarterbacks off the board. Because look at how the rules have changed. Look at how these guys are playing deeper into their careers. This is another branch of the Tom Brady tree. Hey, you get the right guy. He's not just your guy for 10 years. There's a chance he's your guy for 20 years, and he's going to keep people employed. He's going to get people hired into other jobs. He's going to help turn that team into a money-making machine and a team that's competing for championships for a full generation. And I think that's why teams are, are more willing to roll the dice on that quarterback because they know that if they win, they're winning a hell of a lot more than what they win by getting a great skill position player. Michael, thanks for the call. Let's do it again soon. Uh, always love your, your insight, and we'll check out who's on PFTPM later on today. What do you got? All right, thanks, us? Rich. You got it. See you, pal. Take it easy. All right, there you go. There's Florio. He's got to go. He's running off to do PFTPM right there. We'll, uh, we'll get uh, 
We'll take a break and we'll come back. And um, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm all in on the Kyle Pitts train now. Yeah, yeah, it's I've, I've noticed. I'm in. Yeah. Talk to Todd McShay about all that because he's got the Falcons taking Pitts. I agree with him. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We're on our radio uh, simulcast along with our TV. We just showed a great clip of Jeff Bridges when he was here a couple of years ago talking about uh, the big Lebowski. Again, I, I do not I, – I, I love our archive on YouTube for two reasons. One, because we've been here uh, seven years and we're very proud of everything. And certainly it's another way to watch us if you don't catch us on Peacock and you want to watch anything that we've done, you can catch up to it. Don't know how things get kind of plugged into the algorithm jet stream, but a video that popped over the weekend that that it looks like our uh, the the uh, the graph of it looks like a rocket ship taking off. It just <laughs> goes straight bridge, up. Bridge. That's called to the moon. To the moon, to the moon. Uh, was the actor Vincent D'Onofrio coming on here talking about being cast as Private Pile in Full Metal Jacket, which is a great film. So. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show to check out our entire archive. Basically, I'm telling you that because I'm talking about anything to avoid the subject of the Yankees being DFL in the American League through 15 games mid-April. Rich, the stat I saw was worst start in 25 years. They're terrible. Five and ten. They look awful. They don't hit. They strike out way too much. They don't put the ball in play. They don't hit in the clutch. They don't make contact in general, obviously. Uh, the pitching is Garrett Cole and then a bunch of other guys that needs, you know, Kluber, that no one's stepping up. Right. Nobody's stepping up. Uh, Aaron Boone kept Garrett Cole in one inning too long, so he's misfiring on pushing buttons. And then defensively, they'd lapse. The Rays just swept him. And your Red Sox don't lose. But one thing that Major League Baseball cannot do with the Red Sox is send them to London. That would be a bad move. <laughs> That's a bad move. And one of the That's reasons why move. is uh, because the Red Sox owners of, owners of Liverpool and they are breaking off to start a Super League and call it a Super League, the European Super League. Um, and we'll talk about that with Roger Bennett next hour. Something to talk about again right here on the show. What we just discussed with, uh, with Mike Florio was the retirement of, uh, of Alex Smith. It's basically anyone's guess about how he's feeling and what he's looking at with his family, his beautiful wife and children. And as he said in the video that his wife posted on Instagram, his children have no idea what's coming in the backyard right now. I love that. Just a beautiful video for his retirement. And, you know, and, um, and it's what, $200 million in the bank is what, is what Florio said. Uh, 190. And, And so if he wants to, if he wants to, you know, play as a quarterback, I was telling you that everyone's like, well, he can easily back up and, 
you know, go full circle and his college coach will be his final NFL coach. And Urban Meyer needs somebody to teach Trevor Lawrence how to be a professional, which appears to be the only thing that's missing from Trevor Lawrence's game right now (laughs) is knowing what it's like to be a professional. I think he can kind of guess and he's got his head screwed on straight because we're all we're all ascribing his quotes to some other people throughout the history of the NFL draft saying if anybody else had said what Trevor Lawrence told to Sports Illustrated, like, say, Josh Rosen or Justin Fields in the last couple of years as an example we would all be saying do they even love football to the point where trevor lawrence had to put out a Another. series of three tweets to basically say everyone's misconstruing my comments and i was somebody who pointed out saying i understand his comments it's just that if somebody else had said it we'd be wondering do they love football do they have a problem and i'm always one of those folks who thinks in the draft it's a great absolute thing to hear from someone that they have something going on in their lives other than football because mm-hmm. on average the NFL career, the average NFL career lasts four years. Big man on campus, awesome in college football. Their life has been set up for high school, Pop Warner, all the way to this current moment, four years into the NFL. Hey, what else you can do? Boom. You don't have any business acumen. You don't have anything going on. You've just been all about football. Now you're age 26, 27, 28. Now what? You know, Marshall Falk retired yeah, exactly. in his mid-30s, and every running back that gets drafted in two Thursdays would sign for his career right now. So I have no problem with other people saying that they want to have a, a life that's more than just football. Trevor Lawrence says it, and, and nobody bats an eye. Because the reason why is because he was great in high school, was a top recruit out of high school to a a school where he hardly lost. He gets the job. He wins a national championship. And now he's going to be first overall. How many people have done that? I think Albert Breer pointed out, like, Peyton Manning's the only person you can actually equate this to. So, yeah, yeah, the reason why he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder, the reason why he thinks that, you know, there's other stuff going on than just football is because, you know, football's been pretty damn good to him. And there's many, there's few times that another player was able to look him in the face and say, scoreboard. And if he gets the scoreboard thrown in his face enough in Jacksonville for the first two months of the season, and people will be wondering, can he actually translate from one thing to the next? Then, you know, look on that shoulder for that chip to start forming. And then maybe look out. I mean, seriously, he's got it all from arm, legs, hair, all of it. And maybe not even in that order. Yeah, hair might be first. (laughs) And legs and hair and and arms on par, yeah. and heart, and his head screwed on right. He's also not going to be hooting with the owls, as Rod Woodson told me. That's what you know. Chuck Knoll told him, and all the guys that you know go to bed on time. You're a professional now because you can't soar with the eagles if you hoot with the owls. Was the phrase that he says. He's not going to be doing that. He's married at age 21. You see, he already donated to local Jacksonville charities. I mean, here we we go. Here we go. And again, you know, part of the reason why he's already associated with Jacksonville is we know they're going to take him. And the fans also apparently picked up everything on his registry, which I got to say this too. Remember Dabo Swinney told us when Dabo called in in the middle of the season and I asked him, what's Trevor thinking about New York? How's he doing? He's kicking the tires on behalf of all Jet fans. How is he doing? I would like to register, you know, what's on his register? I will get Trevor Lawrence a gravy boat. I will do that. 
It's been taken care of, man. Done. <laughs> done. Dinette set, done. I feel like it's the price is right. Like, the, both showcases Stemware? are yours, Trevor. Yeah. So, you know, in, in kind, he's going ahead and he, he donated to local charities. It's, it's a match made in heaven. Just a cautionary tale. First overall selections. Not many of them have panned out. This mm-hmm. one, though, is surefire. No doubt about it. And I don't want to hear. And this is the silly season of what we're playoffs. Surefire. This is this is the season. This is the silly season where we're waiting for the draft. And I was one of them too, saying if somebody else had said to to Sports Illustrated what he said to Sports Illustrated, we would be raising all sorts of red flags, or at least many in the talent evaluation community. But they've already done their evaluation, and it's like checks out. So let him say that this is doesn't mean much to him. But I, as it all turns out. Hour number two coming up here on The Rich Eisen Show.